First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hello, everybody. It's Melissa. I'm back. You're back. We're all back. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you coming back and listening to me yammer on about the things in my life. The thing that I want to yammer on about today is embarrassment. Have you guys ever heard people talk about their most embarrassing moment? I have always had a hard time with this question when people are like, what's your most embarrassing moment? Or what's something embarrassing that happened to you? Because sometimes people like to talk about, you know, their embarrassing moments. And honestly, it's always been really hard for me to answer this question. And when I really think about it, I have realized that I don't really get embarrassed. Or if I do, it's not often and it's not easily. And I don't think I hold on to it because I can't honestly really remember the last time I was like truly embarrassed or any time I was truly embarrassed. And Gray feels the same way. Gray and I talked about this and you know, as you all probably know if you've been listening, Gray, who is my partner, if you haven't been listening, we suspect that Gray is also on the spectrum. So Gray at the very least has an ADHD diagnosis. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm wondering if this is an autistic thing or if it's just an us thing, but I was thinking about this mostly because uh, someone at my work was talking about an embarrassing moment that she had. And the thing that she described that happened didn't really seem embarrassing to me. It was more kind of like funny. And I was just like, oh, that doesn't really seem like something embarrassing. But she was so embarrassed. And that's what got me thinking about this, where I was like, wait, I don't think that's embarrassing. And I'm like, wait, what is embarrassing? And then I'm like, wait. When was when have I been embarrassed? And it just sort of spiraled into this, you know, thought process of where I just really started analyzing this about myself and and having some realizations here. So I want to kind of clarify that embarrassment to me is sort of like. I guess when I was thinking about embarrassment, I was also thinking about shame. And I think that sometimes embarrassment and shame, people sort of like use those things interchangeably or think of those things interchangeably. But from my perspective, embarrassment and shame are two very different things because there's definitely things that I'm ashamed of. I think we all carry shame about certain things, certain things we've done, certain things that have happened to us, certain moments in our life. Um, 
So I definitely, you know, I have shame. I think we all do as humans. We all have shame. Uh, Embarrassment to me is like diet shame. It's like, (laughs) it's like shame light, you know, it's, uh, it's lower stakes. You know, shame is more like high stakes stuff. It's, it's really, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot deeper. It's a lot harder. Embarrassment to me is like, and this might just be my assessment of shame versus embarrassment. I don't know, but embarrassment to me is sort of like, a more lighthearted thing. It's something that in the moment might feel really awful, but really usually in hindsight, I feel like embarrassing things you just sort of like look back and laugh at and tell the story about. That's why people are like, oh, what's your most embarrassing moment? And we'll tell about it and we'll laugh about it. But you wouldn't be like, what's the thing you're most ashamed of? Like, that's a totally different question, right? That's a totally like intrusive, really deep feeling question. People never ask that. I mean, except maybe like your therapist (laughs) or something. But embarrassment's a totally different story where you can be like, oh my gosh, this one time I did this thing and, and you know, my face turned red and I felt really embarrassed, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know. Cause I'm like, what even is embarrassment? Yeah. So, um, but I do. I, so, okay. The caveat here is that I do know what embarrassment feels like because I do get embarrassed for other people. And I've heard this called secondhand embarrassment. And that is a perfect way to describe it. Uh, It can be someone I know. It can be someone I'm around in real life that I don't know. Or it can be somebody who I don't know in real life. Like somebody on a movie or a TV show uh, that I get secondhand embarrassment. If something embarrassing happens to someone or I can tell someone is really embarrassed, I start to feel their embarrassment for them where I'm just like, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm so embarrassed for them. Um, This is one of the reasons that I can't watch The Office. I find it really difficult to watch The Office. Uh, And I know that there are a lot of people who are huge fans of this show and I don't think it's a bad show. I mean, I've tried to watch it a few times and uh, I get really bad secondhand embarrassment for the character played by um, Steve Carell. Uh, I don't know his name on the show. Is it Michael? For some reason, Michael popped into my head. I don't know if that's right or not. But anyway, that's here nor there. His character on that show is so like... (laughs) It's so cringy, but he's trying so hard, but nothing's working. And he does the most like embarrassing things to me. I'm just like, I'm so embarrassed for him. And I feel such, I'm just like, ugh. I've had people tell me that as the office goes on, like if I kept watching it, that sort of stuff gets less throughout the seasons that I just can't make it through. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't stand watching this. It's making me. Uh, it makes me feel such bad secondhand embarrassment, but I'm sure you guys probably know what I'm talking about with the secondhand embarrassment thing. And that can also be probably related to the autistic experience because a lot of us do tend to have really, um, really deep empathy for other people. And I think that despite the myths that autistic people don't have any empathy. Not true. We often have really deep empathy for people and that kind of goes hand in hand with that 
secondhand embarrassment type of thing, right? So, you know, there's also another side to this coin. This is a three-sided coin, apparently. Embarrassment, shame, and feeling self-conscious. And I do feel self-conscious quite a bit, but it's always about weird things. For example, I just have a really hard time completing tasks when other people are watching me. And I know this is a thing for other people because I've seen it on the internet. (laughs) I've seen it on social media. There's memes about this where it's like me trying, me doing the thing when no one's watching and it's like perfect. And then it's like me doing the thing when one person's watching me and it's like the messed up, most messed up thing. And I'm like, oh, I feel this to my very depths of my soul because that's very much me, the self-consciousness that comes along with someone watching me do anything really, but there are certain tasks that are worse than others. Like if I am writing anything, it can be as simple as typing an email. It can be sending a text message. Like I can't stand when someone watches me type anything out. Um, I don't know why it makes me really uncomfortable. Um... Sorry if you hear me shifting around. I'm actually sitting on the floor on my yoga mat because I just did yoga um, before recording this. Uh, Anyway, so there's that. I I think that's why I was having such a hard time. And in the past, I've also had a hard time uh, with orienting for this new job that I have because the orientation period for this job was so long. It was three months long and I was always with like a preceptor and they have to follow your every move throughout the day and it's really hard for me to perform at my best when someone's watching me and I kept feeling really self-conscious and really like I kept messing everything up and making little mistakes here and there because I'm like I get so nervous when people watch me that I just everything goes to shit right everything goes to hell excuse my French um so there's the feeling of self-consciousness and I feel like that also goes hand in hand with like just being out in the world. Sometimes I feel self-conscious. I feel like I have problems with, you know, if I feel like people are looking at me or if I'm standing out in any way. And maybe that comes from so many years of conditioning myself to try and fit in, you know? I'm really trying to break out of my self-conscious mindset lately when it comes to that kind of stuff because I do really think that that's a learned and conditioned behavior when you're young and you are different and you notice that and you get made fun of for that, you really start trying really hard to look around and be like, oh my gosh, how can I blend in? How can I fit in? How can I make it so no one notices me? Um, I've been really trying to surround myself with people who don't appear to have that problem. There are a few people who I'm acquainted with who are unabashedly authentic, right? They're just, it seems like they're not self-conscious at all, or if they are, it's about other things or they don't show it or something, uh, because, there are some people who just move through this world with such confidence and self-assuredness and they don't care if they stand out and they don't care if other people see them or hear them or acknowledge them. Um, And I look up to that. I really admire that because I've always been a person who sort of just wants to blend in. And 
this isn't true when it comes to performing because I do have a hobby that puts me in front of people, a hobby slash, I don't even know what you call it. It's, I mean, it's more than a hobby because I, I, it's more of a semi-profession, I guess, of being an aerialist and getting in front of people and performing. But I think the thing that I like about performance is that it's not really me, you know? And I think a lot of you who are like theater kids or who enjoy cosplay and stuff like that, or dancers or, you know, any sort of performance art where it allows you to sort of step outside of yourself to be like, oh, for this performance, like, this isn't really me. This is like, everyone, I'm expecting everyone to watch me. So it's like, I'm giving them permission by being like, I'm going to perform for you. I'm giving them permission to watch me. So that's different already because it's a willing exchange, right? It's, it's permissive. It's consensual. So I'm already like, here I am, watch me. And, uh, admittedly there's comfort in knowing what I'm going to do because I've practiced the same routine over and over and over, which is very also soothing to the autistic mind. I'm like, I have this routine and I practice it a million times and it's in my body and I could do it in my sleep. And so I know what's going to happen for the most part. I still get really nervous about performances because sometimes it's like, ah, something could go wrong. But for the most part, it's like, you know, what's going to happen, you know, how it's going to go. And really you can perform as a character. You know, you can be like for this five minutes, I am someone who's like the star I'm outgoing. I'm like, look at me. And then you're done. And it's always been a really weird thing to me where I can be in front of people like that. And then after performances, I'm not like Cirque du Soleil or anything. I don't have like a million people coming to me, but there are always times when I go out into the community with my people, um, my my uh, company of other aerialists and stuff, and we go and perform, and people will come up to us afterwards and like talk to us and be like, oh my gosh, that was amazing, that was beautiful, blah, 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 which is always really nice to hear, but I don't like it because <laughs> then I'm not in the like notice me mode anymore, right? I switched it off, and now I'm just like in the I'm going to go over here and blend back in mode and it's very odd. I don't think I could, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle ever being like famous, you know, to the point where I've always thought of this as just like a really horrifying thing that famous people have to deal with like people following them and watching them all the time, like paparazzi and stuff like that, where I'm just like, oh my God, how horrifying. You couldn't go anywhere without feeling like everyone's looking at you, right? Because everyone knows who you are. Um, so anyway, I kind of got off on a on a tangent from embarrassment, but I think these things are all linked, you know. It's embarrassment, shame, and self-consciousness are all sort of, you know, like I said, three sides of the same coin, although there's no such thing as a three-sided coin. Um, but they're all they're all kind of related. You know, they're cousins. They're first cousins. <laughs> they see each other at the family reunion. But embarrassment is the one that I'm just like, I don't connect to because I just, I feel like I don't really get embarrassed over stuff that I do. So to me, I guess I just kind of, 
I laugh at myself pretty easily when like something, maybe this is another way that I've learned like a coping mechanism or something that I've acquired out of necessity where it's like, I've always really, or maybe not always, I don't know, as far as I can remember, I'm pretty good at laughing at myself. If I do something that would maybe be likely to induce embarrassment, I can find it really funny where I'm just like, well, that was, you know, what it was and it happened, whatever. Um, And maybe that too just is a coping mechanism that I've acquired from being a weird kid and being a person who kind of felt different and stood out, you know, maybe, maybe being embarrassed just wasn't an option. So I was always doing so many embarrassing things that maybe I was just like, oh, well, like if I'm going to be embarrassed all the time, if I let myself feel embarrassment at all, so may as well just not, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is something to explore in therapy. I don't know if it's that important though, that I need to explore it because I don't care that I don't really feel embarrassment. I think that's great. I think if other people do, that's also fine. I'm not trying to say like I'm better than anyone because I don't feel embarrassment, but I'm just wondering if that has to do with my neurotype or if it's just a personality thing. But it's odd that Gray has it too, or neither of us really get embarrassed about stuff. So I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys say? I'm wondering, community, if you follow me on Instagram... If you follow the show page, that's a good place to sort of like, I post every um, episode on there. I post like a thumbnail image on the, on my uh, feed. So if you guys ever have comments about the episodes or want to like chime in on something that I talked about, going on Instagram and replying to the post is a good, like making a comment on it is a, is a good way to do that because sometimes I'm really curious and I want to hear from you guys. And sometimes if you guys email me, I'll be honest, my emails don't get checked often enough. And I have a lot of emails backlogged and I'm really, I really am trying to get to them, but it's just emails are a lot. If you know, if you have like the, the, uh, like demand avoidance stuff, the task avoidance, (laughs) which I sometimes get with emails, uh, it can be really hard to to read and respond to emails in a timely manner. So anyway, I'm curious though, if you also have this and you're neurodivergent, either ADHD or autism uh, or whatever, even if you're not, uh, but I'm, I'm really interested to see if there's a link uh, between these two things. Maybe I should put up a poll. I should also put up a poll maybe on Instagram because I'm curious. It's a very official way to research things, right? Instagram polls. But it can sort of give you a good idea of where people stand on these things. And it's kind of interesting. You know, all the things that we kind of notice about ourselves after we uh, get our autism diagnosis or realize that we're autistic. Um, a lot of the things that you realize about yourself and you always wonder like, oh, is that is that because I'm autistic or is that just me being me? You know, it's sort of like, it's funny. And I'm the, I'm the type of person who kind of likes to dig and figure those sorts of things out. So here I am. You guys get to listen to me do that as I ramble on. So I appreciate you being here. 
I'm gonna let you guys go though. I gotta get ready. Uh, Gray and I are going out to dinner with Gray's mom. We're going to have vegan Thai food. There's a new vegan Thai food restaurant in town and they have really, really good Thai food. And I love Thai food so much. Pad Thai, uh, we get the Tom Yum soup, we get uh, spring rolls. Yeah, I'm stoked stooped. So yeah, I'll let you guys go. But if you want additional content, you all know what I'm going to say. Go join the Patreon. It's $5 a month and you get extra bonus episodes um, with me and Gray. At first I was doing the bonus episodes on my own, but then I decided to have Gray join me just because it's kind of a fun little addition and we discuss, you know, kind of fun, sometimes serious topics. I don't know, but it's, it's cool to have another person there who's neurodivergent to like bounce things off of. And some of the, you know, things are more deep and personal. We can share them on the Patreon episodes because we know that they're not going to be heard by like thousands of people. It's just heard by the Patreons, you guys, the special inner circle people, every, all of you guys are special. I don't mean to say only the Patreons are special, but you know what I mean? So if you want to hear the the inside scoop on some things, <laughs> join the Patreon. How about that? Uh, anyway, so links to that are in the show notes. And uh, also I have merch. Links to that is also in the show notes, but I haven't added anything new on there for a while, but I'm going to pretty soon. Okay, I want to do it before holiday season start because maybe you guys want like holiday gifts to give to people who who listen to the podcast, you know? OTJMA merch. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I'm rambling on and on, as per usual, at the end of the episode. It's always the awkward goodbye. What would we do without it? You guys wouldn't even know what to do if I wasn't awkward at the end. So I just got to keep it consistent because we like that, right? It's the routine. Okay, that's it. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.